We're trying to get that spiritual body. I'm staying faithful in this truth because I want my spiritual body. That's what I want. Every day I'm getting the word, getting full of this knowledge. Off this knowledge. I'm staying faithful in this truth because I want my spiritual body. Yes, I do. Stay ready for the first resurrection. Yeah. Gotta have knowledge. Spiritual body. Welcome to the climate. On this broadcast, we're going to be examining the climate that we're living in today. Um, I have a um, audio that I would like you guys to listen to. I appreciate you guys uh, joining me on the broadcast. Uh, today's audio is from Dr. Simone gold she's not only a doctor but she's also an attorney and she's going to be bringing some things out and the name of this particular podcast is uh the you know c19 the jab experiment all right and then there's corruption really at the state level and at the federal level but we'll save that for another day so let's talk about these what i call I think it's most properly called experimental biological agents. You might hear me use that phrase. Definitely you should not be calling this the COVID-19 vaccines. The reason is whatever you call it, it's experimental. It's not been approved as a vaccine. It's currently in its investigational stage. It's been approved by, uh, the, I don't want to misspeak, which the FDA I assume is the one who would approve it, but it's in an investigational stage only. AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. That's very important legally. If you were to be injured by something and it's an experimental stage, it's adjudicated under a particular standard. So what, what, is, what are the potential problems with this experimental biological agent? The first most obvious is that this is brand new technology. The first two that are coming to market use something called mRNA technology, which has never ever been used before for vaccines. This is when, when you hear a, a lot of the more kind of concerning and flamboyant issues, it's because people are very worried that this is brand new mRNA technology. I don't really go down that path, but what I can say is I don't really want to be the first person to take brand new things when it comes to medicine, right? You don't have to be a genius to say that. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is there's been a tremendous failure of previous coronavirus vaccines. This is not well known. But there are multiple coronavirus viruses out there. For example, in 2002, there was an epidemic, a much smaller one, but an epidemic of SARS-CoV-1. What we're in right now is SARS-CoV-2. SARS-CoV-1 and SARS-CoV-2, by the way, you may have heard it called the novel coronavirus, are what we're in right now. I never understood that because this coronavirus is 78% identical to SARS-CoV-1. That's in fact, that's why it has the name SARS-CoV-2. <laughs> They're 78% the same. So prior coronavirus um, vaccine attempts have been made. They have failed. They can't do it safely in human beings. And I'm gonna talk more about that later, but just note that we've not been able to successfully overcome the, the human bodily hurdles that making a vaccine against a coronavirus has put up. Number three, there is no independently published animal studies. One of the companies says they do have animal studies, but they haven't published any data on it. There's been a complete rush to put this to market, and you simply cannot do this safely without published data on animal studies. 
because animals often will die at the end. And unless we know that, we don't know if it's safe to give to humans. Okay, problem number four is known complications. One of the most commonly known complications of vaccines is something called, big science words coming up guys, antibody dependent enhancement. It's also sometimes called immune enhancement and it's sometimes called pathogenic priming. What this is, is instead of really causing immunity, it causes a person to overreact in a negative way if they should ultimately be exposed to the virus. This thing called antibody-dependent enhancement or pathogenic priming, although you haven't heard of it, is well known to scientists. I like to say it has its own Wikipedia page. This is not fringe. This exists and this is real. The biggest problem with antibody-dependent enhancement, we see this with prior coronavirus vaccines. So when they were doing the studies with SARS-CoV-1 vaccine, Back in 2005, they came up with a vaccine and they gave it to the ferrets and it was two dose like the ones today. And the ferrets did fine after the first dose, they did fine after the second dose. Later they exposed them to the coronavirus SARS-CoV-1 in the wild and the ferrets died. That's why SARS-CoV-1 vaccine never came to market. Antibody dependent enhancement. You can find all the information I'm discussing on americasfrontlinedoctors.com, vaccine information. Also, I'll get to at the end at the stopmedicaldiscrimination.org site. It has it there as well. Everything is well footnoted and referenced. So known complications include antibody-dependent enhancement and also some of the things you've seen in the news, like neurologic problems, like transverse myelitis, Bell's palsy, Guillain-Barre, et cetera. Those are known complications with vaccines that already exist. There's also a lot of issues with unknown vaccinations. I think what's going wrong on the other side is a, is, is a complete lack of respect for what you don't know. We don't know what we don't know until you discover it. I mean, these are the things parents teach their children. They don't know enough, right? So what are the potential unknowns? Well, something that I learned this year, actually in the last few months, which I was shocked because I never saw this anywhere in the newspaper, and I'd like a show of hands from anybody here who's heard of this before my mentioning it. Has anybody here heard of potential fertility problems with this vaccine? That's amazing, you guys. Congrats. I, I did not know this myself until about maybe two months ago. So I had to look into it. And by the way, the America's Frontline Doctors put together 10 doctors working for more than a month to put together all this research. So there's a question if this vaccine a biological agent, I should say, affects this thing called the syncytiotrophoblast, which is a layer on the placenta. Now, it does seem to do that when you're sick with COVID-19. The problem is that these mRNA vaccines kind of mimic having COVID-19 indefinitely. So while COVID-19 could be bad for the placenta and the baby, if you get it like in the middle of the pregnancy, eventually COVID-19 goes away and you go about your life and then you're good. There's a question if this type of experimental agent does that same negative effect to the syncytiotrophoblast layer of the placenta, and it would do it indefinitely. This is not a conspiracy. As a scientist, I'm telling you, we don't know. We don't know. Scientists better than me, right? There's two guys in Europe that were ex-Pfizer executives that complained about this and filed a petition with the European equivalent of the FDA 
saying you've got to not approve this as an emergency experimental vaccine because we haven't answered the question on the antibody-dependent enhancement and we haven't answered the question on the placenta. It hasn't been answered, that it's dangerous to release this. And you have to put that together with what is the risk of even having this problem. Certainly in younger women, right, women under 50, the survival we said per the CDC is 99.98%. For that reason, America's Frontline Doctors feels very strongly that you cannot even offer this to women of childbearing age. So and we'll get to our official recommendations at the end. But I put, we put that information under the category of what we don't know. We simply don't know. We don't know what the effect is permanently on the placenta. Another fact that is very concerning is that pharmaceuticals who manufacture these experimental biological agents are immune from all liability. So you probably, this group probably knows that, but I'm not saying that they have a negative motive. I think mostly they have a profit motive. I'm not saying they're trying to hurt people or kill people. What I am saying is that if you know that you could be sued and pay out millions of dollars every single time something goes wrong, you're really, really careful, okay? You're a little less careful if you know you're going to be shielded from that liability, and they're completely shielded. So when people ask me, you know, am I going to take the vaccine? Would I recommend my children take the vaccine? I said it's, it's really irrational to take a brand-new, untested, untried technology from a company that's completely shielded from immunity. When on the other hand, I've got a drug that's 65 years old, has been given billions of time, completely safe for all age groups, right? <laughs> now, those are the safety concerns with this experimental biological agent. What are the concerns regarding the effectiveness? Now, what's super shocking is that there's no proof that this biological agent actually stops the transmission amongst people. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like a joke, right? This is like a joke. It's like the punchline to a joke. Let's take a vaccine and by the way, it doesn't actually stop transmission. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Like I, I discovered that quite recently and I, I just, I couldn't believe it. And that's, by the way, that's not in dispute now that I'm telling you that. The Surgeon General gave an interview uh, 20 days ago, last two, two weeks and six days ago on a Monday to Good Morning America stating that, and it's been well documented now, it does not, it is not known if it stops transmission. Um, I think what's going to happen, you know, it's kind of putting people into sort of an asymptomatic carrier kind of state. In other words, people are turning positive. You might've started to see some news stories now, people taking the vaccine and now they're testing positive for COVID-19. It's kind of funny, like, we don't, are they gonna test positive forever? Like, what does that mean? You know, they've been selling us this bill of goods that there's this asymptomatic transmission and that seems to be moot. But if you're going to have, you know, tens or hundreds of millions running around just kind of positive low level, like, what does that mean? Like, why are we doing that? Another problem with doing that is I think they're going to game the numbers, right? All these people, let's say you give this vaccine to 100 million people and now all 100 million people are quote unquote testing positive for COVID-19. They're going to tell us that the cases have risen and, you know, we can never relax. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, there's been no proof that this is actually reducing mortality, certainly from the levels of non-lethality that we're seeing, it would be hard to demonstrate that there's any real advantage, right? The, the odds of dying from this illness are already incredibly low. The third question about its effectiveness, we simply don't know, even if it was effective and not dangerous, we don't know how long it lasts. In other words, are you going to be asked to take this vaccine once? in a lifetime, or are you going to be asked to take this vaccine yearly like influenza? We don't know. Those questions are not answered. 
So I want to also, I, I keep referencing the fact that we need to call this by its proper name. Never talk about this without the word experimental. That's critical. One of the problems that we doctors are concerned about, about this antibody dependent enhancement potential, which we, again, I'm not saying it exists or it doesn't exist, I'm saying it hasn't been answered, is that if you're gonna run around and give this vaccine to a whole bunch of healthy people, you have to be really, really sure. Taking a vaccine is very different than taking a drug for a disease. If you have a disease, you're certainly willing to take on more risk, right, to get rid of the disease. But vaccines are typically given to healthy people. Now, what's going to happen if you give this vaccine to 100 million people that are otherwise healthy, and they do have this antibody-dependent enhancement reaction because we haven't ruled it out, they do get exposed to the virus in the wild, and 30% of them drop. And what if, for example, you've given that vaccine to all of your healthcare workers, and you've given that vaccine to all of your military and all of your police officers? I find this shocking as a public policy matter that we would even consider giving these, giving anything to our healthy first responders and, and frontline people who defend our country. I, I, it's, it's, it's so shocking in its, in its risk. It, it, I, 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 you see me, I'm struggling for the words. It's so shocking to accept that kind of risk. And again, I want to be not misquoted. I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen, but I'm saying based on prior SARS, prior SARS COVID vaccine, prior SARS coronavirus vaccines, there is a definite concern for antibody dependent enhancement. This particular virus has very low lethality. Should you give it to healthy people? Not knowing the answer to that question is far too risky, in my opinion, from a national security perspective. You know, the more you dig into this stuff, the more upsetting it gets. So I gave this talk only once before, about two weeks ago, and I approached the black community. I'd like to just talk straight and openly. I was well aware as a physician that... Now, right here, when she starts to talk about the black community, um, you, you might really want to put your listening ears on at this particular part. Um, I just wanted to step in and say that. And one more thing before I get back to the to the audio, um, they're using um, celebrities. Um, and I'll just mention a few. Um, they're mentioning uh, like Steve Harvey and Gladys Knight and amongst other celebrities they're using uh, to push taking this jab, a lot of people say this uh, vaccine. So you, you got to really be careful and really weigh your options when taking something that's unknown. Okay. All right. Now let's get back to the audio. African Americans and other black and brown minority persons had a natural antipathy towards vaccines. And I wanted to give them the science behind it. So I ended up digging deeply into that issue. So let me share some things that I knew some of these things, but I did not know most of these things. 
prior to this year. Many of you in the room, I'm sure, have heard of the Tuskegee experiments. We all know that, okay? But there's a lot more than that. I was, I was curious as to why the antipathy was so strong. So let me give you some examples of where vaccines have gone wrong for black and brown people. So with the rubella vaccine, race and ethnicity were shown to affect the antibody responses like at a higher level than compared to Europeans. With the measles virus, I think many people in this room, um, they also had that same experience. With pertussis, it was also the same. With the inuit, they also had the same problem with the measles. Haemophilus influenza also had the same difference in their response. And the hepatitis vaccine also had a similar different response amongst races, specifically white boys were 64% less likely to have autism diagnosis relative to non-white boys when they gave the hepatitis vaccine to babies. Now, literally as a physician, I did not know this, right? Here we have examples well-documented in the scientific literature of six different vaccines that were affecting people differently based on their races. Now, why is this important? Because when you read the language that the government is putting out about how to prioritize the vaccine, the experimental biological agent, they are making an overt and covert attempt to push this heavily on blacks and browns. I'm going to give you some specific language because it is just shocking. Just bear with me one moment. Okay, the CDC is telling the public at large that getting an experimental vaccine is a good thing, but it's additionally telling black people that getting the vaccine is racial justice and it's an advantage. Now, this is from the centerforhealthsecurity.org interim framework for COVID-19 vaccine allocation and distribution in the US. This is the government's words is that getting the vaccine early is social justice, racial justice. And I just have to say, as a scientist, I found it bizarre that we're talking about racial justice. Either something works scientifically or it doesn't. There might be racial differences in terms of dosages. We've seen that now in these prior six. But how is it racial justice to sign up first for an experimental biological agent that we don't know? <laughs> You know, in the same, in this, I believe it's the same document. Yes, in the exact same document, they say, the ultimate safety of an approved vaccine is not knowable until it has been administered to millions of people. It is possible that certain adverse effects may occur more frequently in certain population subgroups, which may not be apparent until millions are vaccinated. Pharmacovigilance track and trace systems will provide critical information that will inform adjustments. To the, to the allocation that literally is in the same document as let's give it to black folks first. I, I, you know, you can't even make this stuff up. <laughs> so um, they also said that, so it was our words, the most disenfranchised members of society are to be vaccinated first, 
their words, quote, racial and ethnic minorities, tribal, incarcerated, rural, disabilities, underinsured people. I just wanted to interrupt again real quick to interject and say that uh, what she just said about giving it to black people first, you got to understand the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is funding this particular uh, agenda. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that in real quick. Um, you know, while that was on my mind, I wanted to get that out there. Let me get back to the audio real quick. It's you got just about two more minutes left. People work in school settings and nurses, and we must prioritize blacks and Latinos to reflect fairness and justice. Now, I, I just find this so incredibly offensive. We know exactly who falls from COVID-19. It's nursing home patients. It's people with 2.6 comorbidities per person is, is average. People over 75 are living in nursing homes. This is who should get the vaccine first if you believe the vaccine is safe and effective. That's it. And I feel very offended on this because you know, the people who they're going to target first, honestly, are my friends, which are all the black nurses that I work with in the ERs, because I've spent my whole career in the inner city. And so they're all being told, you got to line up, you got to take this. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you're about 45 years old, 50 years old, you know, you're in good health, you're working every day. Why should you be prioritized? There's no actual increased risk to the healthcare worker. There, it's the risk, we know who it is. It's the 80-year-old woman who's living in a nursing home or man who's living in a nursing home who's got bad heart bad lungs you know diabetes especially obesity is a big deal those people are at high risk okay it's not your 45 year old nurse it's not your 35 year old cop okay and, and any other discussion i find very disingenuous now in case you didn't you know believe that you, you went further into these documents and you find the language that like they talk about targeting the black community by understanding their their quote unquote vaccine hesitancy based on these prior issues with prior vaccines in Tuskegee, but they have like actual policies. They say, this is from hhs.gov, strategy for distributing COVID-19 vaccine. They say we have to focus on targeting key populations and communities to ensure maximum vaccine acceptance. And they talk about, and they quote the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation about how to manipulate the media and silence opposition to it. And then they put very, you know, famous, handsome, you know, celebrities saying that they're going to take the vaccine, Obama being one of them. And it's very clear. It's just very, very clear what's going on. And then there's corruption really at the state level and at the federal level. So, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the doctor, Dr. Simone Gold. And also I stated at the beginning, she's an attorney. You heard what she had to say about C-19. So, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you, what are you going to do in this climate that we're living in? In this atmosphere that's going around, trying to get people to take a biological drug. Okay? I don't think a lot of people know uh, what's going on. They're not informed. You know, a lot of people want to just stick their head in the sand and say, you know, it's not going to happen to me. But again, this information is being brought out because I don't think a lot of people really understand 
the climate that we're in. I want to thank y'all for uh, taking the time to listen in. That's been my time. And I'm out. Jack and say that uh, what she just said about giving it to black people first, you got to understand the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is funding this particular uh, agenda. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that in real quick. Um, you know, while that was on my mind, I wanted to get that out there. Let me get back to the audio real quick. It's you got just about two more minutes left. People work in school settings and nurses, and we must prioritize blacks and Latinos to reflect fairness and justice. Now, I just find this so incredibly offensive. We know exactly who falls from COVID-19. It's nursing home patients. It's people with 2.6 comorbidities per person is, is average. People over 75 are living in nursing homes. This is who should get the vaccine first if you believe the vaccine is safe and effective. That's it. And I feel very offended on this because you know, the people who they're going to target first, honestly, are my friends, which are all the black nurses that I work with in the ERs, because I've spent my whole career in the inner city. And so they're all being told, you got to line up, you got to take this. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you're about 45 years old, 50 years old, you know, you're in good health, you're working every day. Why should you be prioritized? There's no actual increased risk to the healthcare worker. There, it, the risk, we know who it is. It's the 80-year-old woman who's living in a nursing home, or man who's living in a nursing home who's got bad heart, bad lungs, you know, diabetes, especially obesity is a big deal. Those people are at high risk, okay? It's not your 45-year-old nurse. It's not your 35-year-old cop, okay? And, and any other discussion I find very disingenuous. Now, in case you didn't, you know, believe that, you, you went further into these documents and you find the language that, like, they talk about targeting the black community by understanding their their quote unquote vaccine hesitancy based on these prior issues with prior vaccines in Tuskegee, but they have like actual policies. They say this is from hhs.gov strategy for distributing COVID-19 vaccine. They say we have to focus on targeting key populations and communities to ensure maximum vaccine acceptance. And they talk about, and they quote the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation about how to manipulate the media and silence opposition to it. And then they put very, you know, famous, handsome, you know, celebrities saying that they're going to take the vaccine, Obama being one of them. And it's very clear. It's just very, very clear what's going on. And then there's corruption really at the state level and at the federal level. So, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the doctor, Dr. Simone Gold. And also I stated at the beginning, she's an attorney. You heard what she had to say about C-19. So, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you, what are you going to do in this climate that we're living in? In this atmosphere that's going around, trying to get people to take a biological drug. Okay? I don't think a lot of people know uh, what's going on? They're not informed. You know, a lot of people want to just stick their head in the sand and say, you know, it's not going to happen to me. But 
again, this information is being brought out because I don't think a lot of people really understand the climate that we're in. I want to thank y'all for uh, taking the time to listen in. That's been my time. And I'm out.